Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hello, and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Duboff, Vanity Fair senior writer, and I'm here with Julie Miller, Vanity Fair senior Hollywood writer. On In the Limelight, we analyze the ins and outs of pop culture, entertainment, and celebrity from the past week, from the Kardashians to Kate Middleton and everything in between. Uh, on this week's episode, we have a bunch of incredible topics to dig into. First of all, Sunday night's video music awards hosted by Katy Perry, all sorts of interesting performances. Taylor Swift's reemergence has now kind of taken hold of the pop culture sphere. So we're going to talk about that as well. I, I can't wait to hear what Josh thinks about Taylor's like new music, everything. Also, we are discussing Northwest's first magazine cover and interview. Ladies and gentlemen, she is four years old and she has already gotten a magazine cover. We'll also discuss the meaning behind Jay-Z and Beyonce's twins names. Finally, Jay-Z has opened up about it. So we're, we can be finished scratching our heads. But first, we're going to discuss the VMAs, which were on last night. Josh, I have to admit, I watched the opening, and then I was just like, okay, I'm out. <laughs> uh, wait, so you did you get to... There were two performances before Katy Perry started. Did you get to Katy Perry? I got to Katy Perry. It started out with Ed Sheeran, right? When is that... So it was, it was it was it was Kendrick Lamar, then Ed Sheeran, then Katie coming in from space. Oh God, it was really bad, and I feel like they knew it was bad because they sandwiched two performances before her. Like I feel like after the first performance, when they announce everyone that's going to be coming, you're kind of ready when they come back to have the host monologue. But when that didn't happen, I was like, yikes! <laughs> they that's know really they know a really something's good up. Point. Yeah. Also, how many times has Ed Sheeran performed The Shape of You? Now I was kind of uh. surprised that they were recycling that. He, and he always has the vibe to me of you know like gotta get this done before i you know fold my laundry or something like it's so low-key to the extent of like why am i even then bothering to watch you know but he's talented you know i thought kendrick lamar was good but i felt as befuddled as everyone else who was shown in like those cutaways or whatever cutaways yeah, yeah i felt like there were a lot of people in the audience who kind of seemed confused yeah i thought he was good i thought that in general the whole one of my takeaways of the entire show was and i felt this i feel like we've talked about this with other award shows too where you feel like you're just missing all the big stars or something, and that feels more notable than who actually is there. Like, the idea that you didn't have Beyonce, Adele, Taylor, Justin Bieber, Drake, Kanye, Kim, you know, it was sort of like, these are the big players on a day-to-day basis in pop culture, and then the people that were there were, 
I don't know. The people they kept cutting to were so bizarre. They kept cutting to like Ellen DeGeneres and, you know, Jack Antonoff, who's, you know, a big music person at the moment, but like isn't exactly, you know, Beyonce in terms of like a cutaway. And, you know, like Kesha was there, but like, you know, they, they had some people to cut to that were interesting. But then it was also interesting to me, like, and I don't know, maybe you know more about, I'm sure you do, about how like the award show seating stuff works out. But like Miley Cyrus and Nicki Minaj performed but weren't sitting in the audience. So I assume they were just were oh. hanging out backstage the whole time and then came out to do their whatever and then They left. were either hanging out backstage or MTV only got them there by saying, you do not have to sit in the audience. We'll take you right in and usher you right out, would yeah, be my guess. Yeah, because right? I, kept, I kept being like, oh, I know Nicki Minaj is there, but they haven't cut to her once, so I'm, I'm, I can only assume she wasn't sitting. So... That's kind of weird, too, when you have, like, your biggest stars, you know, I guess it's up to debate, but I think, you know, and then they aren't even sitting in the audience. So, I don't know. I feel like the whole vibe was a little just wonky. Well, this is breaking news to me, like, 12 hours later that Taylor wasn't even there. I thought with her track, with her song release and the music video, especially Katy Perry hosting, I thought they would take advantage of all the headlines. They could have, that would have been such an easy, like, breaking news story, right? Well, yeah, I mean, we're skipping. I was excited. I'm excited to talk to you about Taylor's video. But one of the I had written out my four highlights, which I'm sure everyone has been eagerly anticipating. Um, And one of them was Taylor's video, which which so they so they had the two performances. Katie did her bizarre monologue, which like the less it's said about it, the better, honestly. (laughs) Like in her defense, she's never hosted an award show before. But I felt like it was a little because she was making jokes about what was it how you can't what's the point of taking photos in space if there's no internet connection and you can't post them on social media i don't know if i was like a tween i'd be a little offended well also and there was also this to so the whole concept if you didn't watch which you know you're probably better off but but the the concept of katie perry's not even just her monologue the entire thread of her hosting was that she had gone to space and had just returned for the award show. So she missed, and I'm doing air quotes, you can't see me. She missed everything that had happened on Earth over the past however long. So then she's getting caught up. Like, oh, here's like what a handmade, like Handmaid's Tale outfit, because that's what people are into now. And that kind of had a weird charge in the room. And then like, here's a fidget spinner. Like, I don't know. It just, there was like no jokes. It was really just kind of like these awkward references to things that they thought maybe, I guess, teens are into she didn't mention trump but there were like a couple allusions to like so has anything crazy been happening in the news for the past few months <laughs> yeah she kept saying stuff like oh the world's on fire like no one texted me that <laughs> and, and like she played she like and during one bit later on she played these pretend voicemails her friend had left her like, going to the fire festival like it, like it was just like kind of these weird little reference points from the past year that she was trying to pick up and like it didn't quite yeah i agree i felt she gave it her all which i appreciate it sort of reminds me of you know how like anne hathaway got panned for her oscar performance and i wouldn't want an oscar hosting gig and i wouldn't want to do that because i do think it takes a certain level of right i don't know yeah con you know you have to really go for it to do one of these hosting gigs i would you know it ta- i don't know god what kn- yeah like god help me god knows god knows we can barely host a podcast so <laughs> i don't know how we would have fared on that mtv may stage 100 percent. and then okay so then one of the other interesting things i'm curious how you would have advised katie here i felt so 
my number one on my list of four highlights was Taylor Swift's music video. This music video debuts after the first commercial, one of the second commercial break, I think, maybe first or second. And she wasn't on, Katie wasn't on stage for it. Obviously, Katie and Taylor have this famous feud. And what was it over, Josh? Just to refresh <laughs> our memories. Uh, all right. We're going to go back in the uh, Josh. Uh, so basically, it all started when Bad Blood came out on Taylor's last album, 1989, which no one was really sure exactly who Bad Blood was about. But then she told Rolling Stone that it was about a fellow pop star who stole her backup dancers as she saw it for out of her tour back for hers. And then piecing the clues together, it was clear that it was Katy Perry. But that since, that was in 2014, and that since has snowballed. Obviously, it's three years later now. And it's, you know, like, continues to be top of mind for both of them, kind of, it seems. But Taylor wasn't there, so she just played the video. Have you seen the video? I saw parts of the video. I saw her on a throne Beyonce style, and I have a lot to say about that, but we'll come back to that. Yeah. Um, and she... Also, how sad is it that I can't be bothered to watch an entire, like, three-minute music video? I just Me- meanwhile, images. <laughs> meanwhile, I've watched it six times, like, woke up this morning to watch it again. Okay. And also, I almost, I didn't watch this, but someone I follow on Twitter who's very funny and sharp, he does like makes gifts and stuff. I woke up this morning to find out he had overnight recorded a 30 minute video in which he breaks down all the imagery in Taylor Swift's music video, which debuted last night. And it has like all these images in it. So he was like splicing together all these images. And I was like, I've never had that much. uh, I've never put that much effort into anything I've made in my life. (laughs) I've never felt that passionate about anything. Yes. Anyway, so basically, this is like the most convoluted way of telling this tale. But so what I just thought was so interesting about from just like an imaging branding standpoint was that so Katy Perry wasn't on stage. This video plays it part of the video. Taylor pretty much like it's hard to argue against this is like dressing as Katy Perry and like and has a little tiger with her which is like Katy Perry's roar video and like her whole tiger imagery whatever so like it pretty much seems like it's like a reference to Katy so this video plays and Katy like doesn't mention anything the rest of the night she made one like veiled reference later on in the show that like some people should maybe save their Twitter drafts more and not post them or something. And it seemed like maybe she was making some sort of sly allusion to Katie. I mean, to Taylor. But if I was Katie, I don't know. It just made it all... The fact that Taylor wasn't there, that she played this kind of incredible video that sort of like owns Katie. And then Katie doesn't make any mention the rest of the whole night about it. I thought if I was her, I probably may have tried to do something, right? I don't know. It just, right. it just seems to sort of like, yeah, just least. to acknowledge it in some way to not make it seem like you're so out of, I don't know. Like it just, I feel like she did not come. It was a bad night for her, I thought. But right. am I am I being too that... am I being too harsh though? Maybe she took the high road by not referencing it. I guess you could argue that. No, I just feel like the way that MTV almost even teased the VMAs, it was like Taylor and Katie were the main attractions. Yeah. So I feel like most people tuning in expected something. I was expecting almost like a West Side Story <laughs> dance off as like the opening number, right? I mean, that's the other thing. And I don't know, maybe this is when I grew up watching these VMAs that had so much more drama to them and like Britney Spears and like, I don't know. I, I just I just felt like, we, yeah, we were lacking a certain level of drama, which I wanted. Yeah, I was ex- I would have loved that. I wanted like full on confrontation. 
MTV, hire me and Josh to produce your next <laughs> Well, secondly, like that's not cut to Ellen DeGeneres every five seconds either. Like I thought that I thought that was bizarre too. Cause also she didn't look I mean, I kind of loved it on one level because she looked like she would rather be anywhere else in the world. Um, but like when you see when you kept cutting away to someone who's like not enjoying award show, it's also kind of a weird vibe. Oh, also, wait, Julia, Ju- you'll, you'll love this. Pink got the Video Vanguard Award for some reason. Um, so that was like their, their version of the Lifetime Achievement Award. So like Pink performed some medley. And then they announced Ellen DeGeneres to come out. And I was like, oh, now I understand why she's there. She's going to introduce and present the award to Pink. But she starts her speech where she says, like, I'm a, I was a last minute fill-in because Cher was supposed to come give the award to pink but like shared like couldn't make it left very ambiguous like we should someone should be checking to make sure shares okay and then because like i was kind of confused like why is she even referencing that share like canceled last minute like calling in sick and then and then she's like and then pink called me up uh and was like i'd love for you to come do this and i was like that's very unnecessary that's like giving a wedding toast and being like oh well you know i'm only doing this because like bob yesterday was like fyi i'm not like attending the wedding anymore i don't know don't you think it's like kind of weird maybe she got your memo your like <laughs> psychic memo that the show needed drama and so she brought it like i'm just so confused on so many levels one because everybody in this audience is like between the ages <laughs> of 18 and 24 so ellen degeneres bringing her on stage it's essentially like bringing like rose from titanic <laughs> out with like a cane and then she's just like dissing kind of pink <laughs> yeah like i know that's it was very weird and by the way do they even know who pink is <laughs> like I, I felt like no. that was another thing there i was like no that was such a stretch i mean <laughs> i i love pink i love what she stands for i saw the red carpet photos of her with her husband and her daughter all in suits yeah very like brangelina and i loved that i thought that was adorable and i read her speech oh which, or glossed over the truth well, number <laughs> Julie could not be bothered to spend any time with VMA's content. It was like a quick glance and on to the next. But Pink's speech, as Julie can attest, was number three on Josh's list of highlights. Oh so- <laughs> my gosh, I just am always going to request the Josh DeBot four, top four. But I thought the speech was very good. Uh, the medley was fine. But when she gave her speech after the strange intro by Ellen, especially, which would have thrown me, certainly, she came out and she had this kind of, and hopefully a lot of you guys, have, if you haven't, you should watch it. Because actually, I also appreciated, I feel like a lot of times these Lifetime Achievement Awards, when the um, honoree gives a speech, it's sort of, I don't know, there's like a lot of pressure built up. You're like, what's this person going to say? Or what are they going to, you know, that's like, there's going to be this big speech for them. And she, and so sometimes I feel like you just, are left disappointed or it's overly vague but she was like very specific and she had like a very clear message that she wanted to give about like her daughter and like her uh, this thing her daughter had said to her the other day about like standards of beauty and she just was so specific and like nailed the speech like you know she was very kind of articulate when she was i don't know i i I really liked it i know it seemed very empowering she was kind of sending her daughter a message her daughter came home from school and said kids were bullying her and she didn't feel pretty so peach had the peach pink had this very empowering (laughs) speech about how her daughter's beautiful was really sweet and do they do a lot of cutaways yeah they kept they kept they kept cutting to the daughter who's like the husband was holding and the daughter looked as i would be too i think what her daughter's six maybe like the daughter looked kind of like stunned about all this happening but you could see that was such a like amazing moment for her (laughs) 
just picturing I had a visual of you sitting in Carrie Hart's lap with like matching tuxes and you like age six. <laughs> Me? Gosh, I would I I would have been running over to like find Rihanna or something. Um who wasn't I feel there? Like you 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 would have left, right, by that point because you would have been so disappointed with the turnout. I would have been like, Where is Beyonce? Like she can't be bothered. I can't either. Yeah, no, pink was that was a definite highlight. And wow, this fourth item on the list is <laughs> shocking to someone who has not watched the VMAs. Oh, yeah. So, okay, we to run through the three, which I feel like we've been a little all over the place with this VMAs recap. One was Taylor Swift's music video. Two, which, which I kind of undercut by criticizing, but I all the cutaways to Ellen DeGeneres. Because I wrote here, she looked miserable and you know things are dire when even Ellen isn't giving you a pity smile. And then... Pink speech three. Four was... I almost didn't include this, but I wanted to give a shout out to Miley Cyrus because she was very good. I had only heard that song once or twice. It's called like Younger Now or something. But what I appreciate on Miley is she commits to her bit, you know? Like she... It's never lukewarm. Like each time she comes back, she's like, this is what the image is going to be. This is what I'm doing. And her voice sounded really, really, really good. And it, w- it wasn't the bonkers, whatever, you know, three years ago with Robin Thicke. We have like this much more sedate thing going on now. But I kind of was, I don't know, to see, I kind of reminds me of Madonna, how like, you come back each time with this like very clear vision of what you want to do. And I feel like so many of these pop stars now just don't have that level of like, I don't know understanding of like to you know come up with what they want to be and then like just go for it and nail it and execute it was great wow the josh power rankings yeah. who would have known that miley would come out on top that was so yeah are you so now that i've like <laughs> my rankings have been delivered do you feel less excited about are you, do you feel more upset about having missed it or less upset um i i am perfectly happy with my choice i think the takeaway mm-hmm. here is that any pop culture event I cannot personally catch, I would love a memo from you. I feel like I feel like unfortunately for you, you get that anyway. <laughs> um, so you're trapped. Let's move on yeah. to Taylor's video. Oh yeah. We don't have to spend long on this, but Taylor's video was I actually thought maybe the biggest kind of happening at the VMAs, even though Taylor wasn't there, because just the video was so big. Um, but the song had come out on Friday. Um, what did you think of the song? Again, I <laughs> couldn't watch the whole video. Okay. I just so, I, I heard a couple things about like it was all about the girl narrative and like infighting. Well yeah, I mean it I think I think like the video What is the song? Sorry. Look what you made me do. So the guy who directed it, his name is Joseph Kahn, and he did like all the Britney videos like Toxic and Womanizer. And he has this like really good visual sense. And he did the blank space music video for Taylor. And this was just to me, oh, and also out of the woods. So this was like, but she was like referencing all the previous incarnations of Taylor. So I don't know if you've heard this already, but the last 30 seconds, it's like Orphan Black style. There's like 80 different Taylors and they're all talking to each other from like, and like representing, I mean, like maybe 10, not 80, but they're all talking to each other. And she kind of like mocks her own image a little bit. So it's good. It's like really self-aware and there's like little Easter eggs for the fans, sort of like memorably. She is in the bathtub at one point with all these like jewels and diamonds in the bathtub and there's like a single dollar bill. 
that you can see. And like in the court case, she just won in her sexual harassment lawsuit. She won the case and she got a symbolic $1 from the guy. And so that was like a reference to the $1. So there was a lot of stuff like that throughout the video. Um, but she like there's also a part where she robs a streaming company, which is a reference to like the Spotify kind of press she got. There's like a whole reference to the squad where she's like running a kind of factory of these kind of like robot women. So she's like playing with all the narratives that people in the media have like placed on her. Um, oh, I like that. Yeah. And then at the end, she references a lot of them like verbally and explicitly with these like little clones. Anyway, it was good, I thought. But it's like, I think it's, I just saw it broke the record for views or something. So like, I feel like her strategy of like the kind of release that she's doing, which is like a little bit less, usually she's, she's more upfront. I feel like when she puts an album out and like this time, I feel like she's just like letting this be out there. It's a little bit more Beyonce-ish actually, dare I say it? Because I feel like she is not really... Because Beyonce, when she posts stuff, isn't really getting on social media and chit-chatting either. She's letting the work speak for itself. Yeah. But you have to see the video. I want to know what you think once you've seen the video. There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Speaking of Beyonce, though, so we have been following closely the Beyonce twins and there was an important development. Yes, Jay-Z finally in an interview revealed the kind of rationale behind naming their twins Rumi and Sir. Also, I love that it happened on a podcast. I know, which means there's hope, Josh. I know we're gonna get we're gonna get Beyonce on one of these days. I think the link between is I have to befriend the Soul Cycle instructor, and then through that, it will eventually come. Angela suggest it. Angela, I'm impressed you knew her. I forgot her name already. By the way, um, Angela, we talked about her recently, and for some reason, a few people have mentioned Angela to me since we talked about her on this podcast, including someone in our office, Lizzie Wolf who said that, but Busy Phillips also talks about Angela quite a bit on her social media. And I guess Busy Phillips loves Angela. Wow. Shout out to Lizzie, another mother of twins, another twin expert in the Vanity Fair sphere. (laughs) Okay, so Jay-Z said, Rumi is our favorite poet, so it was for our daughter. And, and we kind of already knew that because Tina Knowles posted an Instagram with excerpts of her favorite right. uh, Rumi poems. Now, Sir, Josh, do you want to read this quote? Oh, yeah. This is so bonkers to me. Sir was like, man, come out the gate. He carries himself like that. He just came out like Sir. 
Okay, so this comment is very confusing. By gate, does he mean birth canal? Like, just came out of the birthing, like, canal? Like, swaggering like some guy? To me, I inferred that they had kind of decided that they would name their daughter Rumi. But, sir, the way he explains it here, it's as if they they saw the baby and the way the infant, the newborn, handled himself and decided it's It's, sir, it's really like, weird that he's implying that this somehow hinged on the personality of this, what, like, two-minute-old baby? Like, I don't... And, like, what exactly? Like, I, I read it the same way you did. I was like, oh, so this baby had, like, a certain swagger or something? Like, it was just... Uh, something's weird. And, and I feel like it's Beyonce and Jay-Z. Wouldn't they have pre-planned this and not had... I don't know. Right. I, I'm just very confused about it. I think that his explanation actually left me with more questions than I had before. Yeah, I agree. And also, it's a little strange. I, I read this as he didn't want to say the real reason or something. You know? Because I feel like it just feels a little bit... Rumi is the poet makes sense. It's like they had a very clear, distinct inspiration. And I feel like the fact that the answer for Sir was sort of odd, it makes me feel like he didn't want to say the actual reason. Just my hypothesizing. Right. Yeah, because I just it doesn't really like, what does that mean? Came out like Sir. I don't know. I, I just hope there's an upcoming track that explains it in a little more detail. And he also talked about Blue Ivy rapping, how she came to rap on his album, just saying essentially that he was working on a song. Then Blue Ivy went and got the headphones, got the little stool, and she started rapping. The pocket that she caught, I was like, oh shit, I couldn't believe it. I have it on my phone, five minutes of her doing that. She understands the concept of a hook. I love that. I love that Blue just took it into her own hands. With Blue rapping and North on her first cover, I feel like they're advancing even quicker than I would have expected. Like, I feel like I was, I was like, oh, it's going to be a decade before they come out into the world and start doing stuff. But they're already, I feel like, going to be more accomplished than most celebrities by the time they're like eight. Wait, also, did you see the rumor? I don't, this is like not even close to being confirmed or anything, but I just saw a few places say that Jay-Z and Justin Timberlake are kind of in the running to be the Super Bowl halftime show performers. Whoa, I would love that. I also saw a rumor that Beyonce could do the Bond theme song. Oh, I think I saw that too. So, so this is just us wildly conjecturing because I feel like well, with Beyonce isn't confirmed, is it? No, the stars might finally be aligning for Beyonce and Jay-Z. Yeah, finally something's going to go their way. But I do feel like... I feel like if Jay-Z performed with Justin Timberlake at the Super Bowl halftime show, Blue would be involved in some way. I just feel like she would. I really hope so. I would love to see Jay-Z and uh, JT together. Yeah, I think that would be good, actually. Who was it last year? Uh, Oh, Gaga. This would be good. So speaking of overachieving celebrity yes. offspring. And also, this is interesting. I hadn't even considered this, but we're going to get to North's first interview in a second and all the famous people, famous kids that interviewed her. But one of them who was not Blue Ivy Carter. Interesting. Yeah. So on Monday morning, Interview Magazine released their new cover, which shows Kim Kardashian and Northwest, and they're in full, like, 60s Chanel garb. It's definitely an homage to Jackie and Caroline Kennedy. And I thought it was very cute and very classy. Kim has, like, the whole teased bob hair, looks amazing in, like, a chic skirt suit. 
What did you think, Josh? I thought I loved it. I agree. I thought it was very striking. They it's styled so well. Like I feel like it just like she looks like Jackie in the looks. Right. It, it's like a little disconcerting and a weird. Like you kind of look at them twice. I knew people because I just know how the internet and Twitter is. Like I could, t- I knew all, like the minute I thought people were going to be maybe upset or annoyed by it. But because people love anything with Kim to kind of like figure out a way to rail on it. But I thought it was nice. I don't know. And like the idea that her daughter was in it. I feel like the calling her America's first lady, they're definitely asking for people to, I feel like, get a little bit, I don't know, not enraged. But like, I think they're asking for kind of people to engage with that. But I liked it. We see so much of like the sexy Kim. I liked seeing her in this new, very classy space. That's actually a good point. This is different. And I feel like she also plays, to put it, you know, whatever, like the Marilyn more. So I feel like for her to be the Jackie was kind of interesting. This is like next level college course analysis right here. So I was blown away by the visual, but then Josh sent me this link showing that North actually participated in an interview. And if you've read Interview Magazine, you know that kind of their signature interview, it's one celebrity interviewing the other. And so not only did North at four years old take part, but Josh... Well, it's it's a weird setup because at first I thought, oh, they got... I wasn't sure. I'd seen a clip just on Twitter of Britney Spears's kids interviewing North. And I was like, this is like a fever dream I had like seven years ago before North was even born. But I felt like I was surprised to see that not only did Britney Spears's kids, Jaden and Sean interview North, but they also got Millie Bobby Brown, obviously 11 from Stranger Things. They got Kaya Gerber, Cindy Crawford and Randy Gerber's daughter, who's a model. They got Penelope Disick, who's her cousin. And then Andy Warhol just thrown in for good measure. And then they all interview North. And it's weird. I, think I know. It's so, it's really good. It's really crazy that they got all these people to do it. It's, and it's like these interviews are really funny. They're each like two sec, they're like two questions each or three questions each. And they're just kind of like North's North response are great. Like they're kind of, I don't know, funny and wise, I feel. Right. But it's an amazing strategy, especially for a celebrity like maybe Beyonce, who they don't really like to share a lot of information about themselves. But then to have your four-year-old kid give an interview, they can say anything. It's still going to make news. It's going to be really cute. But Josh, how the hell do you picture this planning meeting went where Sean and Jaden Federline are brought up as like possible journalists? (laughs) Well, also, I was just imagining... We know we know how much goes into any kind of magazine profile in terms of just interactions with publicists and, you know, getting the logistics, how much time you're going to get with them on the phone, you know, when's it going to happen, all this stuff. And then so compounding that with that, it's not even in this case, just one celebrity, it's two because the interviewer is also famous. But then it's kids. So you have this whole other element And then just like the logistics of this must have been like a year long project for interview magazine, like getting this like 80 word interview. Because I just feel like it must have been so difficult to get some of these people. I feel like the hardest get was probably Britney's kids. Right. But as Josh noticed, Blue Ivy is not in the mix. And and I'm sure I've never been more sure of anything in my life that they asked. 
Like, I'm sure they inquired. You know Chris Jenner. Like, that was the first person on her list. And how quick did <laughs> Beyonce even, did that request even make it to her? Or did her first line of defense just say absolutely not? I I feel, oh my God, what if Prince George had interviewed her? Um, I think that the one that's weird to me is Millie. Right. It doesn't make much sense. But Josh tweeted that he would be... <laughs> What did you say? You would be happy if all future interview magazine interviews were conducted by, by Sean, Sean and, and Jaden. Well, okay. Then also what's funny is that a lot of these interviews weirdly elicit kind of like funny, strange, like um, what, what was the one where she talks about cheese? Like she's just like, I think it was Kaya Gerber maybe where she's just like, goes on this she asked what thing. her favorite pizza <laughs> toppings were and she says here i have it down here yeah she says just just cheese cheese <laughs> cheese everywhere cheese okay so my other question did they and we'll get to the answers in a second but did they do this by phone was it in person was it skype interesting question i i i was gonna say phone but that seems off Maybe, but maybe. Can you imagine being the assistant having to say, uh, Jaden, we have Northwest on the line for you? But but also, like, can a four, I, we, do you have a good sense? Do you have any four-year-olds in your life right now? Like, do you know what, like, what can a four-year-old do? Could a four-year-old do email? No. They can do their iPad. I don't know. I'm not. A okay. So, so my, cause, cause I would think maybe that it was done via email, but it doesn't really make sense because I don't really imagine. I feel like they sent it to Kim. Kim asked North and wrote down the answers. That's my guess. Like, and it, Kaya Gerber was responsible for coming up with the question. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That is interesting. Like, do we think that Brittany and Cindy were involved? I don't know. And was Brittany thrilled at this opportunity? Were Sean and Jaden Federline paid for their time? The best of all of them is definitely Penelope's, though, because it's just all about how Penelope wants to come over and, like, hang out with her. She's like, like, the questions aren't even about North. It's just like, can I come over and, like, have a sleepover? And North is like, yes. She's like, can I come over and build a treehouse? She's like, yes. <laughs> it's just, like, all yes answers from North when Penelope asks. She's like, can, we, can I go make a cake? Yes. That's the whole interview with Penelope. Let's read a couple of the questions um, from Sean and Jaden Fetterline. It doesn't it doesn't denote whether Sean or Jaden <laughs> asked the question, but it says, "What's your favorite TV show?" Answer: Shimmer and Shine. What Last what week. what is Shimmer and Shine? Um, Shimmer and Shine is an animated series about two genies who grant wishes to their friend. That sounds like a fun show. I'm into it. What's your favorite song? And this is such a Kris Jenner crafted answer. You think so? I think so. Do you want to read the answer? She says, my daddy's song, amazing. So amazing. <laughs> so you think Chris is like, you have to say one of Kanye's songs here? I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I thought the, the reason I thought it could have been real is that it's like an unusual Kanye song to say. You know what I mean? It's like not one of his huge hits. And also I feel like the fact that she says, my daddy's song amazing, so amazing. Like it's just weird and like reminds me of a kid would talk. I don't know. That's my right. that's my forensic analysis. Maybe not Chris Jenner crafted, but definitely this answer won her the highest marks with Chris. Oh yeah, agreed. And then I love that. I love the kicker of this one. What does your favorite dress look like? It's purple. <laughs> 
That's how I'm going to answer all interviews now, too. Question, though. Do you think there were like 10 other questions that like, <laughs> weren't as good or didn't lead to as good of answers that are yeah. just on some cutting room floor somewhere? Oh, God. I hope they sometime release the like deep cut, like extended interview for all of these. Like, also, I'm sure that like, how did these people come up with these questions? They must have somehow been guided. I just have so many questions. Um, and then Kaya Gerber asked, what's the best part of having a brother? And it's weird because Kim was co-hosting, like, Kelly or... Ryan and Ke- Ryan and Kelly, yeah. And she was talking about this morning how North actually doesn't like her brother Saint. So... Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, saw, I saw that headline, yeah. But it was nice of North to summon up a nice answer for this. She said <laughs> her favorite part of having a brother was giving him toy trucks, and I gave him a big toy bear. I like that maybe she was like, knows at this point already that you have to fib in an interview sometimes. <laughs> like, it's like she's learned well from Kim. Um, Josh, did you have any other favorite? I thought. Oh, I really liked, I liked her jazz. I liked um, her favorite. Millie Bobby Brown asked her who her favorite Disney princess is. And she said Jasmine because they love her. Like great rationale. Can't argue with that. (laughs) And, and then, yeah, the Penelope interview, which you already talked about, which was just so good. The first question is, can I sleep over for four days and bring my puppy? (laughs) Like, I'm starting all interviews with that from now on. I'm going to be interviewing, like, Kate Blanchett and say, like, can I sleep over for four days and bring my puppy? <laughs> Should we build tree houses and be neighbors? And she says, and North says yes to both. And then she suggests they make rainbow princess cake. Which, Josh, I think we should do when I'm in town next week. Yeah, we're going to re- we're going to really re- reenact this entire Penelope Disick Northwest interview. We're going to make we're going to. Oh, oh, my God. You're going to do it. We're going to get tree houses somewhere in New York. Uh that's that would it. Be so perfect. That would be like a fun little thing for adults. I feel like adults would be into that, like a bar that would resemble a treehouse, don't you think? <laughs> I'm looking. I'm looking at Jordan now, and Jordan just our producer Jordan just gave me this look of like, oh god. <laughs> yeah, no, that is our million dollar idea. We're gonna have a treehouse bar. I think that's so fun. That probably is ex- exists somewhere already, like in San Francisco or something. Josh's like you house. climb up the tree and then you get into the sort of bar. People like being in tree houses, I'm telling you. Right. I, I, we're going to find the closest thing we can to a tree house next week. The North and Penelope know what's up. Well, I think on that note, <laughs> this tree house kind of epiphany, I think we should wrap things up. That does it for this week's episode. And exciting news for this week, though, before we wrap things up, which is that Julie is coming to New York unfortunately a later in the week so we won't have a chance to record but, but if we run into any celebrities yeah. on the street yes we will record if we see any celebrities over julie's new york trip so that does it thank you guys so much for listening please remember to yeah let us know what you think on apple Podcasts. we really appreciate it let us know what you thought of van- van- uh, vanity fair <laughs> what you thought of the video music awards uh what else what you think of Kim as Jackie Kennedy. Lots of controversial topics in this episode. Also, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at In the Limelight to further discuss these pressing subjects. You can also follow us individually. I'm at Julie W. Miller. And I'm at Jay Duboff. Uh, You can also find us on Instagram at In the Limelight Pod. This episode was produced by and edited by Jordan Bell. Thanks to Andy Bowers at Panoply. And thank you for joining us. We will talk to you guys next week. Until then, no bad energy. 